It's another episode, The Aesthetic Coach's Quarter, and you're here again, and so am I. My name is George Scandalis, and this episode is going to be moderated by the power couple. But before we get to them, Stephanie Diverdick, we are going to introduce Lisa Kraus, the bitchin' beautician. Always bitching about something, but that bark is such a lesson to be learned, let me tell you, because you don't want her to bite. Of course, the real power couple is Nathan and I, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, we're the real power, right, babe? Oh, there's so much love in the air for you, George. Absolutely. Nathan Strom, ladies and gentlemen, my better half from The Revenue Doctors. You better be following at The Revenue Doctors. The point of me introducing the show is I get to plug in whatever I want. At The Revenue Doctors on Instagram, at the underscore skin underscore guy, because I never get to say because I'm always introducing and closing. And of course, at Nathan Strom. Forget about the other guys. They're not that important. But let's get to them. Nick <laughs> and Steph to verdict. The power couple. The sexiness. Sometimes they agree, sometimes they don't. Welcome to marriage. But that's another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Right back <laughs> to the Aesthetic Coaches Corner. Today's episode is on... Excellent. Well, I am super happy that you open every time, George, because you knocked that out. That was fantastic. I don't want to get the boot from you. <laughs> yes. The, bo- <laughs> the boot. You're about to get the boot. <laughs> so... We are going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, So a little bit of background from Steph and I is we've owned our business. We're actually on our 12th year of owning Lohi Lipo Laser and Aria Integrative Health. Uh, We also own a coaching practice called Practice Empowered because we really want to help people practice empowered, right? But we've done it both ways. And we've seen the pitfalls of both ways. And part of the reasons why we coach and have so much joy in it is we have fallen on our face. I can't tell you how many times and made mistakes. So we like to help people figure that out. And one of those ways that I think we, um, in the beginning, did not excel as fast as we probably could have is because we missed some of what we're about to talk about, which we are going to jump in to number four, which is to incentivize or not. That is the question. So I'm going to let my better half pick better three quarters, smarter and better looking three quarters. Um, yes, I, I agree with <laughs> it. Um, pick who is going to be first to talk about this, because this is a very, very important topic in the med spa world. And I, I'm really curious to see what everybody has to say. Lisa, let's start with you. And the timer. We have 15 minutes to go through this and I am so excited to hear what you three have to say because like Nick just said this is something that we've gone back and forth over so I'm really pumped to hear all of your expertise PSI won <laughs> he did not win like <laughs> great... I feel like going to grade us sorry no, I love it. I love it. So compensation and incentive structures, that is really huge for our industry. If you don't have a good one, you will not be successful. And it is going to dip into your uh, your bottom line profits for sure. So for from my point of view, I think to incentivize, absolutely, because it is kind of an industry standard. I don't know uh, how much of an industry standard that is in the US. In Canada, it is definitely an industry standard. And so I feel like if you, uh, to be competitive with your compensation structures, you do need to incentivize staff. And I think that that can look uh, a few different ways. I think an hourly, uh, sort of an hourly 
wage and then a commission on services and products. And then you also have to take into encompassing your benefits, uh, the treatments that are given. And I also feel like to incentivize each person's as a single, and then incentivize the group. So maybe do a commission structure that is not only for single individuals uh, on your team, but also a group in incentivization that you've got, um, you know, guys, this is our goal this month. And I'm all for being uh, transparent when it comes to these are the goals that your staff doesn't need to know the ins and outs of every cost or, or things like that. But I do think that having a degree of transparency with your team so that they know what those goals are. As a service provider for many years myself, I would, you know, get my paycheck and be like, oh, woohoo, I did great this month. But really, really delineating those KPIs and looking at them individually, like how much product did you sell? What are your products that you are selling? What are your top five uh, treatments that you're doing? And really posting those uh, in the back room every week of what your goal is and what people are achieving. And I'm a fan of posting those for to be incentivized in the back room. And I know a lot of staff, there's staff that are like, oh, I don't want our service and retail totals posted. The people that are offenders are the offenders of the offense itself. They're the people that aren't doing well and they want, they don't want that accountability. So, okay. uh, you know, they're like, Oh, well, I don't like that. That is a red flag for you as an owner. Uh, if you're a team, if you look at sports teams, we love sports analogies on our little podcast show. And if you look, people post stats on sports teams all the time and it keeps people accountable and it also helps with incentivization. So I'm going to wrap that up in, in a, uh, humor sandwich and just say that if you're not if you're not incentivizing your staff um you're going to lose staff so your c players are going to stay which you don't want because a c player is mediocre and your a players if you're not incentivizing them they're going to quit on you and find another team to go play for i love that lisa and so just to clarify you are pu publicly posting individual and team stats I absolutely do. I recommend Perfect. it because you're doing accountability for every individual and because you've got team members that, you know, if, if somebody is not pulling their weight, the whole team's going to know. So when we did our talk on accountability on our, our podcast previous, which everybody should be tuning into at this point, you know, that this is pure gold that we're cranking out here. And so <laughs> I, I think that, you know, when it comes to that, it, it really helps with accountability and everybody gets to see who's doing what. I love that. I love that. I think that's very well said. Love it. George, what do you have to add? Ooh, I, you know what? I have a hard time with this topic. I do because I see, I've spent a lot of my career being a salesperson and I got commissioned and I got rewarded for my performance. And if my performance was good, I got something extra for it. But, but let me tell you when big, but, because I agree with, with, commissioning people. I give you with giving incentives. I agree that it should be a team and an individual. One thing I don't agree with you on Lisa is the transparency. I want everyone in the clinic to know every single little cost of what it costs me to bring in, because what they see is, Oh, I bought this, uh, you know, I'm going to do a treatment and the consumable on it is say a hundred dollars. What they don't see is the lease looming over my head, the hydro bill that goes with it, the square footage of each little rental. You need to know what your cost per room is. You need to know down to every little detail as a business owner, your profit and loss sheet so that yeah. you can correctly set what that commission is going to be. And then you will be able to scale your business. If you're going to hire 
10 people and give 10 people across the board, 10% commission because it's industry standard, but your margins don't allow you to do that. You're rewarding other people to make money so that you can fail wrong. And this is where good coaching comes through. And not a lot of people know how to do this. I mean, not everybody went to business school. They went to med school. A lot of our listeners. Okay. Right. We learned, you learned, you just said it right in the beginning. You learned by falling flat on your face a few times. I'm gray on this matter. I have a hard time with it because industry standard has set a stage that people should be commissioned. And the industry rate is, you know, I don't know, 5% on products and 10% on service. And who sold it? Did Nathan sell it? Because Nathan talked about it, but I closed the deal. And you get into all this wishy-washy stuff. What it really comes down to is great performers need to be rewarded or paid correctly so they don't walk. If yeah. you set the standard of pay at the right level and their job is to perform duties, they don't need to be commissioned. But if you have the expectation that they are selling and they're hitting your targets because you know your margins and if you hit certain goals, you can afford to give a little extra. Once they hit their goals, give them a bonus. Maybe it's not a commission. Maybe it's an amount. Maybe it's an end of the year trip. There's a great clinic we know, um, I think from your area, they had a wonderful year. They're taking all the staff and they're a big clinic. They're taking all the staff on a trip, weekend away. And it's a, it's a dual thing. It's a gift for a weekend away, but it's also continued education that they're doing at that trip. And it's also team building and it's morale that Nathan talked about on a previous episode. These things are really, really important. But as a business owner, if you cannot figure out the correct margins to incentivize your staff, I think that's where you're going to fall into the problem of being in that gray area. And across the board between Canada and the U.S. and from east to west coast, margins are so varying and so different that you can't follow an industry standard. I know injectable prices for neuromodulators by one of the leading companies or the company that holds the brand name per se is double the price in the U.S. than it is in Canada. So how do you set the standard of, well, I'm going to give 10% across the board because that's what they're doing where George Scandalis, the underscore skin underscore guy on Instagram is in Toronto. It just doesn't work. So your business coaching has, or your accountant or your finance or whoever you have there, your CFO, whatever you want to call them has to properly set up and say what you're allowed to do. That is my first piece. And then reward your best staff, find a way to do it. Maybe it's free treatments. That could be a great incentive. Love that. that was wonderful. Thank you. By I know. the way, whoever's listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because <laughs> this is years and years and years and years and years. And Lisa said it well. This is gold. This is purely aesthetic gold. So we're we're here to help in any way that we can at all of the Instagram tags that were said earlier. Um, but next is Nathan. Yeah. So I agree pretty much with the two of you, what you've had to say. So I'm going to take it on another route for this. Um, It really comes back to the culture for me. Um, I am always in a position where I want to be thriving in a culture of winners and winners win and they always find a way to win. So we've got to reward those winners. But having said that, every clinic is totally different. And I don't think one incentivizing scheme will work that works in one clinic will work for another. And that's when you have to really do some research about your people, get to know your people, understand the culture that you're working in. And you really need to get to know your staff at a different level. 
And the KPIs that you need to be set, it just can't just be on sales. I think we need to be looking at Google reviews, patient feedback, sales, of course, um, overall overall clinic performance, like profit, because lots of sales doesn't necessarily mean lots of profit, right? And the other thing is I think staff should be incentivized on the culture, how they bring uh how they how they uphold the culture of the clinic, how they be, they are a team player, like how an they, ambassador. Yeah, how they yeah brilliant, brilliant. How they work, brilliant. How they work with each other, how they empower other staff. There needs to be some incentivizing around that. And then the other thing to you, clinic owners out there, this is where you can differentiate yourself from all the other employers out there. It's not always money that wins the game. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my first employers in Canada. They paid for my cleaning four times a month. And when I was about to leave that job, my wife was like, no, 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 no. You can't go. These guys pay to clean our house every week. It's amazing. So there's there's so many different ways to incentivize staff. There's paying for gym memberships. There's paying for their kids' soccer. There's paying for lots of other things. And a lot of those you can't put a dollar value to it. And if you're paying for little Jimmy's soccer, it means a lot more than giving them an extra 50 bucks. So I think as an employer, you need to get to know your staff. You 100% need to reward the best players in your staff. But you also need to think about the KPIs you're rewarding for and the way you're rewarding. Can I just touch on that quickly? I do have a client I work with that doesn't commission staff directly but well, doesn't commission them on their paycheck directly, but takes, gives them a certain percentage. And I think it's something like two and a half percent, which doesn't sound a lot, but two and a half percent is not put into a commissionable check that they get. It is put into an RSP for them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so when you have somebody that is an administrator, sometimes they're younger in age between 19 to 25 Okay, they haven't really necessarily started thinking about those things. They're not in a corporate culture where it's an automatic benefit and they are investing into that person's future and it's a taxable benefit that they get back at the end of the year too. I think it's one of the most brilliant incentive plans I said. Nathan, I absolutely loved what you said and that's why you're my business partner and I love you. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. So good. At Nathan Strom on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. I think you all had different perspectives and Nathan, honestly, I've never heard anything like what you just suggested, which is, paying for your house cleaner and how many people want a house cleaner and don't have a house cleaner. And once you have that, cause we have that now, like to give that up, it would be, it I mean, creates golden handcuffs. How do we how do we reward our patients to get them to purchase a little bit more? It's exactly. always gift with, it's always gift with purchase, right? Or and so like we're kind of giving gift with purchase back to our own staff, and they don't even know how much it costs. They just assume. And you're probably buying it in bulk if you're paying for 20 people's cleaning services. But like, it's the, it's not the, it's not the dollar value. It's the, they actually care about me. They care about that. That's one less job I have to do. So I can spend more time with my family when I've finished my nine to five job. Yeah. Yeah. It's empathy. I love it. At the end of the day, if you, I just learned something (laughs) at the end of the day, if you can be show true empathy towards your staff, it goes a very, very long way. When you treat them as a human being um, and not an employee, um, it, it goes above and beyond what what's 
what's what's normal, especially in this world, because this can be a very um, fake world that we live in. But if it's done appropriately and you have the culture set up appropriately, we have just two minutes left. So we're going to discuss a little bit because we've gone back and forth on this topic for many years. And we've really, I think, settled into something. Now, once again, we, we have gone back and forth, but you know what? The interesting thing is, is we have a couple of staff members, but one in particular that's been with us for 10 years. So 10 years of our 12 years. But what we've always done is we've talked about it as a group. Like, do you guys want to be commissioned for selling product up front or upselling services? And up until about a year ago, the consensus was, no, we don't want to feel like when a patient walks through that door, we're recommending something because we're earning money. We want to be recommending it and we want them to feel that we're recommending it because it's in their best interest, right? So there's that balance of like not coming off like you're on a used car sales lot and you're just slinging whatever it is, right? Yeah, I see Lisa um, raising her hand to that. So there's definitely a balance and a method to the madness. However, in the last year, as a team, we decided like, let's, let's try this. If it's not, if it doesn't work and if it doesn't feel right, we'll scrap it. Um, so, so far we're kind of in like, oh, we're, we fit, we, I think we figured out a pretty good sweet spot where everybody still feels like the team. It's not super salesy, but we've definitely seen a jump in our sales. And actually what, what's so amazing, I was not necessarily expecting to see this was actually patient satisfaction, um, increase at the same time. Uh, because I think people before were a bit um, standoffish of recommending things because they didn't want to come off as salesy because that was something that we really, um, we wanted it to be all about the patient experience when they're in, which is going to be a podcast episode in this uh, whole segment, but which we don't get to. Um, but before before we talk about that, we've actually gone so far where um, we have multiple different positions that are um, commissioned a little bit differently, but we just last week or two weeks ago hired on something that uh, we feel blessed to be able to do this. But we, I have an outside um, salesperson, um, I should say actually inside salesperson that's doing nothing but making phone calls. So people that are um, have come in, haven't signed up, and she is working um, our past leads that have come in hasn't necessarily necessarily signed up or delayed or whatever it is. We've seen a huge jump in the conversion from our online um, spend as well as some of the people in the past. So we're really able to get deep into our uh, customer database, which we have not been able to do in the past just because we didn't have enough staff to do so. And we were able to find somebody remotely. She's actually um, in Southeast uh, of the United States, but she's on the phones all day and she is an absolute rock star. And I can already tell you within uh, two weeks, it is worth every single penny we're paying her quite for well. herself. Already, already has. And but, she's just getting into the whole world. Yeah. But back to you guys to kind of round this out. I would love for you just to sort of close out your thoughts. Um, Lisa, go ahead. So I think that you touched uh, on you know, patients can tell when you are on commission. And what I teach in consulting uh, that I work with my clients is you, 
a client can, a patient can smell that a mile away. If you've got mm-hmm. to where they, they can feel and smell that desperation of that sale. And you are a used car salesman. It, it's just like, Hey, want to buy a watch? How about some skincare? Like it's very <laughs> like super shady back alley beat down. It is not, it is not professional. It is, um, it is the opposite of that. And so I think when you look at incentivizing, I do think a tiered, uh, Incentive structure is great. And I think that George touched on it with um, paying uh, out of performance, a performance-based tier, uh, whether you have different things like hourly and uh, looking at an industry standard. I There is industry standard, which I talked about, but there really is that combination of, you know, Nathan's piece on incentivizing differently and finding out what, what you're your uh, employees really want. And then from George's point of view of really making sure that we've got, you know, everybody involved, everybody in the team. And so, yeah, I would say that just don't, don't stink. Don't reek like a used car salesman. Cannot say that enough. Well spoken, Lisa, Nathan, George, real quick. We're already over time, uh, but this has been a great segment. I'm just going to be really quick. Um, I think if you get the staff training right though, and you're, training with educational led sales you don't have to worry about that Lisa and I think if your culture is right the accountability is there and your staff are receiving treatments that is going to be themselves and they're going to talk about their own experiences they're going to educate the patient and when you educate a patient um, they are loyal to you forever if you educate a patient and show them results they will come back every time and for those staff that do that well, they need to be rewarded. Without doubt. Which, by the way, if you did not listen to the podcast on staff training, definitely check that out. Go ahead. Look at Nick plugging it here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, ed- you know, education-led sales is uh, the way to go. I think if you are if you are looking at what we do in this industry as a medical procedure, whether it's cosmetic or not, it is a medical procedure. There are certain things that need to happen to get the results we need. And you have to do certain things. You have to commit to certain things. And if you really educate the patient on that, it is not a sale. But to incentivize or not, I think it really comes down to what you as a business, based on your menu, based on your pricing, based on where you live, can actually properly afford. And start with a salary, start with a really good salary. And then if you see that there's leeway to go because you are hitting numbers you didn't think you had projected for and you've exceeding them, then that's where you start rewarding people. But be creative. I love what Nathan said. Be creative about the way we do it. And I want to touch on one thing that Nicholas over here, Nick Little to Verdict did say about (laughs) empathy. And one of my favorite quotes to close the show here is from Simon Sinek, 100% of customers are people and 100% of employees are people. And if you don't understand people, you just simply don't understand business. Well said. I like it. Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'd like to say it was me, but you know what I will say? What the next episode is on. And that's going (laughs) to be on uniforms. And I've got a lot to say here. I got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to say, but I think we all do. So um, I really liked having you guys moderate the episode. 
It was good. <laughs> you were so good. good. I expected a fight. I did expect a fight. Was was just she, so... she did. She did speak over me a couple of times, but it's. I love each other. I kind of liked it. I think. Do they? Do they love each other more than you and I, George? I go back and watch this. <laughs> Never, baby. Never. <laughs> I, I feel like the, I feel like the odd bitch out here. No, no. You can join out. We can make it a threesome over here, Lisa. Or over here. Or should we just? I think with that many of us, it's an orgy. But let's not go there. We do <laughs> want people to keep listening. <laughs> we want listeners. And I want to thank everybody for joining into the Aesthetic Coaches Quarter for this wonderful segment of to incentivize or not. That is the question. Woo! Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>